Hello, my name is Phil Agnew, host of Nudge, the podcast that reveals the science behind decision making. Now, there are two words that strike fear into the hearts of consumer psychologists and behavioral scientists. They are replication crisis. Now, we've spoken about the replication crisis before on the show in episodes with Michael Hallsworth. But in case you don't know what the replication crisis is, it's essentially an ongoing methodological crisis where many scientific studies are difficult or impossible to reproduce. This crisis severely affects the social sciences and, of course, behaviour science. The podcast I'd like to recommend today is the D2C pod brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The D2C pod is a podcast all about all the things direct to consumer. The hosts cover everything from starting, growing and optimizing e-commerce stores and D2C brands. If you're interested in the stories behind your favorite consumer brands, this is a podcast for you. To start, I'd suggest checking out episode 318, which features the CMO of Feastables. So listen to D2C Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's like trying to remember the name of someone you've just met at a networking event. I've made this mistake before, introducing a colleague to my new friend Dan, only to find out his name was actually Ian. Being personal with your customers is important, but keeping on top of all that information can be very hard. That's where HubSpot's all-new service hub comes in. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. It's got an AI-powered help desk and an AI-powered chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. Plus, it never forgets a first name. All of that can help you scale support and drive retention and revenue. That means better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com slash service to do more for your customers today. Here's the problem. Every year, there are more behaviour scientists than in previous years. It's growing in popularity. Each scientist wants to get funding, so needs to come up with unique experiments and eye-catching findings. So, behaviour scientists set up studies, they capture results, and they attempt to capture the attention of thousands of people with their insights. However, because there are so many new studies, it's becoming harder and harder to peer-review every single one before they're widely shared. This means that many studies that are shared and written about haven't ever been reproduced. Eventually, a group of psychologists started to recreate several of the studies that have become well known, only to find that they couldn't be reproduced, they couldn't be replicated. These aren't unknown studies, they're influential studies that have been written about in books like Influence and Thinking Fast and Slow. Studies like the one about honesty, It stated that asking someone to sign a document at the top of the page rather than at the bottom will make them more honest. That study? It couldn't be reproduced. The priming study that stated that people will walk slower after they read words that relate to old people, words like pension, care home and Florida, that study couldn't be reproduced. In fact, many priming studies couldn't be reproduced. That's one to look out for. There's even one study that I've referenced dozens of times. It's Ioninger's JAM study, which suggested that JAM sales increase if the options are limited. Scientists have even struggled to reproduce that. Now, this is something that I've been struggling with for a while. 
I've spent two and a half years talking about all of these studies, but I haven't actually tried to prove if they work. I haven't run tests on my own and shown you the results. I haven't replicated the ideas that I preach. So, in this four-part series, I aim to solve that, or at least make an attempt at solving it. For this series, I'm going to be testing out four nudges that I've spoken about at length on this podcast. I'm going to put these nudges to the test, running my own experiments and sharing the results, whether they're good or bad. Now, I didn't want to run these tests in a lab. I wanted to run them in the real world. So I needed something to market. I needed something to offer. I don't own products that I can sell, but I do run this podcast. So I'll use different nudges to try and increase the number of podcast listeners for this show. That's my goal. And if you're a fairly new listener to the show, who knows, perhaps you were influenced by one of the many experiments that I'm about to share. Over the next four episodes, you'll hear about how I sent hundreds of people on my email list a picture of a dog by accident. You'll hear what I learned after spending almost £500 on LinkedIn, Google and Reddit ads. And you'll hear about a nudge I used to train my body to run an ultra marathon. Anyway, that's all to come. Before we get started, one thing to let you know is that I'll be sharing lots of examples in this episode and the next three episodes. If you want to actually see the examples I'm talking about, then head to the show notes and sign up for the mailing list. Once you sign up, you'll get taken to a page that has all the details that I'm talking through, including pictures of the ads I've run, screenshots of the nudges I've used, and links to the data that I'm sharing. If you've already signed up to the mailing list, then no problem. You'll have an email from me in your inbox with all of this information. If not, go and sign up now. So, let's get started. In today's episode, we are going to experiment with social proof. Now, most of you won't need any introduction to social proof. We've spoken about it at length on the show. It's the idea that humans want to follow the actions of others. If you show that a large group of people have taken a specific action, then others should want to follow that action. That's the idea. The original study on social proof was conducted by Robert Celladini in an Arizona hotel room. To encourage guests to reuse their towels in their hotel rooms, he created a social proof message. This message was written on a card which was left on top of the hotel towels. Now, the social proof card said, most guests in this hotel reuse their towels. Upon seeing this message, 44% of guests reuse their towels. It was successful and it beat the control, which was left on the other 50% of the rooms, which said, help us save the environment and reuse your towel. That card, well, it was much less successful. Upon seeing that, only 35% of guests reused their towels. So that's a 25% uplift due to social proof. So does this nudge replicate? Fortunately, it appears it does. There is solid evidence that it works. David Halpern and the Behaviour Insights team who work with the UK government, they added a social proof line to a HMRC tax collection letter. This line said, the great majority of people in your area pay their tax on time. Now, adding that one line to a tax collection letter, just that little bit of social proof, it increased action by 15%. But there's also heaps of anecdotal evidence as well. My favourite comes from Dave Trott's book, Power of Ignorance. Now, in the book, Dave Trott gives this case study about a New York theatre producer called Mike Todd. And Mike was struggling to sell tickets to his latest production. Night after night, his stools were empty. 
So he hired a lady with arthritic fingers at the box office. When someone wanted a ticket, it took her ages to give them the change. This was before contactless cards and everything was done by cash. The people behind had to wait and obviously this caused quite a queue. Now upon seeing the queue, other people joined the queue. They figured that it must be a good show. The queue got longer and longer and people passing by decided that they couldn't miss out so they joined the queue as well. Now the product hadn't changed one bit but the queue itself drew in sales and the stalls were filled night after night. That's social proof in action. But will it work for my podcast? Will it get people to listen to my podcast? I decided to start with a simple experiment. I just wanted to test if the nudge worked. Nothing too fancy. So I sent two emails to the students I had on my Science of Marketing course. The goal of this email was to add the students to my podcast mailing list so I could send them an email every time I published a new show. The real thing I needed to do here was minimise the number of unsubscribes. I didn't want people to leave my mailing list when I transferred them over to the podcast mailing list. So I created two versions of this email. The body of the email was identical in each version. Both talked about the benefits of being on my podcast email list. The only thing I changed was the subject line. In the control, I wrote, Want to receive scientific marketing insights straight to your inbox? And then in the social proof version, I wrote, Most students on the Science of Marketing course are signed up for weekly insights. Are you? Now, the social proof bias tells me that this version should work better. After all, it highlights that most people on the course sign up for my mailing list, so surely others would do the same. But this version, this social proof version, it actually didn't work. In fact, the social proof version was awful. First of all, people were almost two times less likely to open the email with the social proof subject line. But even worse, the social proof version led to a four times increase in unsubscribers. This was, to put it lightly, a pretty devastating start to my experiments. Not only had I failed to replicate a pretty reliable nudge, I'd also lost a bunch of subscribers. Yet, this is the whole point of the replication crisis. We need to run these tests to figure out if the nudge works in the context that you're testing it in. Obviously, for me, in this context, it didn't. Looking back on it, I think my failure was that most people who I emailed took the Science of Marketing course months ago, if not years ago. They probably didn't identify as Science of Marketing students, so they didn't feel compelled to follow the actions of other students and sign up. In the control, however, the copy was more straightforward, asking marketers if they want scientific marketing insights in their inbox. I think that's why it worked a little better. But I was still certain that social proof could help grow my podcast audience, so I tried again. For the next experiment, I tried changing the subject line of my email again. But to make it a fair fight, I kept the control as similar as possible to the social proof variant. So the subject line for the control was New Nudge, Episode 55, Why Brands Should Flaunt Their Flaws. However, for the social proof variant... I added an extra bit of text to the end of the subject line. It said, New Nudge, Episode 55, Why Brands Should Flaunt Their Flaws, then in brackets, plus 100,000 downloads. 
This little bit of social proof referenced the fact that the podcast that week had hit 100,000 downloads. I hoped it would encourage more people to click the email and to then listen to that new podcast. Fortunately, this one did work. The open rate went from 22% to 28% for the social proof version. And the click rate, which essentially means the actual number of people who are listening to the episode, that doubled. It shot up to 8% for the social proof version from 4% on the control. It was a bit of a relief to see the nudge actually having an effect, and it taught me an important lesson. To get reliable data from your experiments, make your control and your variant as similar as possible. Honestly, though, I actually wasn't too surprised when this nudge worked. After all, the desire to follow the actions of others is something that's innate in all of us, and it's visible from a young age. One study showed that young children who were afraid of dogs could overcome their fear simply by watching another small child play with a dog for 20 minutes a day. After only four days, 67% of the children that were scared of dogs, they were willing to climb into a playpen with a dog. And this held true for months after the initial experiment was run. In fact, the researchers found that the children didn't even need to watch other children playing with dogs in person for the effect to take hold. Simply showing children videos of other kids playing with dogs did the trick. But there's an important lesson here. See, showing the children videos of adults playing with dogs, well, that wouldn't have had the same effect. Children don't relate as much to adults as they do to other kids. And social proof is more powerful when you see yourself as similar to the group that's taking action. That, I think, is why my first test failed. Most people didn't really see themselves as science of marketing students. They saw themselves as marketers on an emailing list. I should have edited the copy to say most marketers sign up for the mailing list rather than most science of marketing students sign up. It reminded me once again of Cialadini's infamous towel experiment. Obviously, he found that guests reused their towels more when they found out that most other guests in the hotel reused their towels. But he also discovered an even more effective message. For this third version, the card on the towel said, most hotel guests in this room reuse their towel. This hyper-specific, hyper-personalised version actually had the greatest impact, with 49% of guests reusing their towels and 11% uplift on the original social proof message. In other words, to take advantage of social proof, make sure your audience can identify with the group. It's no good showing kids videos of adults playing with dogs. Show them videos of other children playing with dogs. So I've encouraged people to open my email and I've encouraged more people to listen to my show all with one nudge. But I haven't really achieved my goal of growing the podcast. I haven't attracted new people to the show. To do this, I decided to run some ads on Reddit. So I targeted Reddit users who had some sort of interest in marketing based on the type of subreddits that they were subscribed to. So users who subscribed to subreddits like forward slash marketing or forward slash digital marketing. Then I created two ads. I tried to keep them as similar as possible. So the text for the ad for both the control and the variant was identical. It stated, interested in learning the science behind great marketing? Listen to Nudge the consumer psychology podcast. Pretty basic stuff. The only thing I changed was the image associated with the ad. 
For the control, I used an image of the Nudge logo. This is the image I've used in previous ads I've run. I assumed it worked best. But I decided to create a new social proof image. For this variant, I created an image with the Nudge logo at the centre, surrounded by some of the five-star reviews that I've received on Apple Podcasts. All real reviews of people saying it was a great podcast. At the bottom of the image, I also wrote that the podcast had received 100,000 downloads and that it was a top 10 marketing podcast, just to make sure the message was specific to my audience. I spent around $100 on each of these ads, and in total, about 300,000 people saw the ad. Again, in this experiment, the social proof version came out on top. When Reddit visitors saw the social proof ad, they were 9% more likely to click the ad and actually listen to the podcast. That meant for every $5 spent, that social proof version would drive an extra 20 subscribers to the pod when compared to the control version. That's a pretty impressive improvement considering I only changed the image in this ad. Social proof is a really powerful nudge that seriously improved the effectiveness of my communication and advertisements with fairly little effort or creativity. But to be honest, I'm not even that surprised by this one. I've read dozens of examples of social proof having a noticeable effect on behaviour. And it's everyone's behaviour, not just half-bored Reddit users scrolling through their feed, but genuine geniuses as well. Isaac Newton was probably one of the smartest people who ever lived. In 1720, he decided to invest in the South Sea Company. Why? Because it was the hottest stock in England. Everybody with money was investing in this company. All his friends and all his colleagues were doing it, and he didn't want to miss out. He was right to do so. His stocks grew 100% from when he first invested. He cashed out and made a £7,000 profit. That's £1.3 million today. But his friends and his colleagues, they kept investing. Everyone kept buying stock. And social proof? Well, it kicked in. Newton didn't want to miss out. He didn't want to be the one left behind. He wanted to follow the group. So he used every penny he made to buy more shares. And then the crash came. He lost £20,000, and that's around £4 million today. When reflecting on the loss, he said, I can calculate the motion of the heavens, but not the madness of man. If Isaac Newton falls for social proof and surely the rest of us have no chance. All right, folks, that is all for today's episode. It is obviously quite different from the typical nudge show that I produce, so I'd love to get some feedback and hear what you think. Let me know by emailing me. My address is phil, phil with two L's, at nudgepodcast.com. You'll find me at Twitter at P underscore Agnew, and you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. I'm Phil Agnew on there. If you've enjoyed the show, please do leave me a review and share it with your network. And if you listen on Apple, make sure to hit the subscribe button as that helps Nudge rank on the charts. And, well, it gives me a little bit of social proof to help grow my show. Now, if you want to see the ads and email headers that I've tested out for this episode, do remember to sign up to the mailing list, the link to which is in the show notes. As soon as you sign up, you'll get taken to a page with all of the screenshots and data from all the tests that I've run. 
And when the next Nudge episode goes live with my next set of experiments, you'll get all the same great resources for that set of experiments in your inbox when the podcast goes live. So if you sign up today, you'll not only get today's resources, but the resources for the next episode as well when that goes live. All right, that's all from me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nudge. Thank you.